listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. preach a message tonight called Our Lamp and Our Light. Our Lamp and Light. We just a couple of weeks ago talked about the importance, or really better said, the necessity of church. We handed the mic out to many of you in here and we heard many church testimonies about how your life was and is continually being changed by the fact of just being a part of church. Just the importance of church and the testimony of that. So the testimonies that we heard validated the truth of we, that we believe we find in God's Word, of the importance and the necessity for every one of us to be in church. But we also discovered this, that church is not the source of our salvation, but it sure helps keep every one of us saved, to keep us on the straight and narrow And tonight I want you to turn with me to Psalms 119, verse 105. A short verse, but a verse that's perhaps known by most already. But I want you to read with me Psalms 119, verse 105. And it says these words, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let me say that one more time. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path to my path. The Message Bible says, by your words I can see where I'm going. I like that. By your words I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Tonight I want to talk to you about the necessity of God's Word. The necessity of God's Word, our lamp and our light. The necessity of not only having a Bible, but reading. Reading the Word of God. I don't care who you are tonight. We are all inexperienced in too much of life to live without a guide. And I believe that God's Word is that guide that can help us through life. And we're not just talking about a mere existence because we know what John 10.10 says, that God came that we could have life and life abundantly. God's Word wants to lead us into a life of abundance. How many believes that? God's Word wants to... I mean, thank God three people agree with me tonight. I said, how many believes that God's Word wants to lead us into a life of abundance? So if we all agree that, we need to be reading it. We need to read The Word of God. I don't believe it's a mistake when you look at Psalms 119 that it's not only the biggest psalm, chapter, 
in the book of Psalms, but it's also the biggest chapter in the entirety of the Word of God. And I don't believe it's a mistake when we realize that Psalms 119 is dealing with the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God in our lives, revealing to us, showing us how dynamically it will assist us in and through life's most practical circumstances. I'm glad the Word of God is practical. Thank God for the spiritual aspect of God's Word and how it touches us spiritually. But it's also practical truths that you and I can apply to our lives that can certainly help us avoid many pitfalls in our life. So as we look at Psalms 119, the longest chapter, and I encourage you, read the whole chapter of Psalms 119. But it's almost like there's a focal point right in the middle almost, which is Psalms or page, chapter or rather verse 105. And this is what we find in that verse. It shows us two key points in regards to God's Word. Here's the first key point, and that is this. God's Word lights the way, giving us direction for each step. Okay, because the Bible says His Word is a, what? Lamp to my feet. So the first thing we see is that God's Word lights the way, given direction for each step. If you don't know which way to go, I believe God's Word can instruct you and show you what to do. The Bible says in in Psalms 2, how your Word, it guides me. My heart is guided by your Word in the night seasons. How many have ever had night seasons in your life? When things aren't going too great and you don't know which way to go. And so many times we begin to believe the lie of the enemy. And that which we believe is that which we normally pursue. So we go after lies instead of going after the truth. When all hell breaks loose against our lives. Can I tell you that the word of God is not under attack? The word of God is still sure. The word of God is still true. It's still a refuge and it's still a strength that you and I can come to. So the first thing we see in Psalms 119 verse 105 is it's for each step of our lives. For the right now. Knowing what to do right now. God's word can show us. But also the second thing we can see in verse 105 is this. It gives us wisdom for our long-term plans. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Those things that are not here and now, but those things that are in the future. God's Word can take care of my step, but God's Word also promises to give me the wisdom that I need to face what is beyond me and that which is before me. Therefore, we see that God's Word provides for us right now, but is also preparing our lives for the future. Look at how Joshua describes the importance of God's Word. Well, really, it's not Joshua explaining the importance. God explains and shows Joshua the importance. Moses has just gone. Joshua is now the leader. Come on, how many realizes that Joshua needs all the help he can get? I mean, I need all the help I can get in my life, and I'm not leading six million people. 
Joshua's taken over in the middle of a wilderness situation and God comes to him and says, here's what I want you to base your whole life on. Here's what I want you to turn to. I wonder what we turn to in our lives when trouble comes. Turn to friends, we turn to the internet, we turn to food, we turn to drugs, alcohol. There's so many things that we turn to. God is showing Joshua and he pens it down for each one of us to hear and to understand. This is where we need to go. This is what we need to turn to. Look what he says, God speaking to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And he says this, the book of the law, God's word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Notice what the wording is saying here. That as a result of the word of God being in our mouth, being in our hearts, that we're reading it, that we're feeding on it, that we're living by it. Notice what happens. The Bible tells us through the words of God that we will make our way prosperous. That's incredible. You know what? If there's not prosperity happening in our lives, we can blame everyone else. But the Bible tells us if we put God first and we read his word, we follow his word, we abide by his word, there's a result that's going to happen. Our way is going to be prosperous. He's going to make our way prosperous. Let's read on. And then you will have good success. You will have Good success. In other words, we need to read God's word. Come on, I said in other words, we need to read God's words. Why? Because as we just read, God's promise to Joshua is the same promise to every one of us. That promise is the most certain way to both success and prosperity in our lives. Because God's word will steer us in the right direction. Come on, we won't make all the stupid mistakes that we do when we get in the Word of God. Because that lamp and that light will lead us right now, but give us wisdom for the future, for the decisions, for those things that we face. To fail to have a daily dose of God's Word is to risk the success and the prosperity that is available to your life. Remember, it's for your feet, a pathway. It's for your feet and a pathway. It's present and future. When I read stuff like God's telling Joshua that he needed it, I thought to myself, who am I to think in my life that I don't need it? I need the Word of God. I need Why is this book the most number one book that has been persecuted on the face of this earth, but yet it's still the most printed and most sold book that there is? Why is that? Because Satan knows that if he can get this word out of the hearts and lives of Christians, they're weak. And they're not walking in the victory of God. Because they don't know who they are. Why do I read the word of God? I read the word of God to find out what I am in Christ. Come on, I'm an overcomer through Christ Jesus. How do I know that? Because God's word tells me so. You can sit there tonight and you can say to me, Pastor Philip, okay, I get what you're trying to say, but you know what? I I can live without God's Word. You sure can. 
You sure can live without God's word. But living without God's word, there is no promise of success and prosperity for your life. You can choose whatever you choose to do. But I know God's word says that if we meditate, if we read it, if we feed on it, if we apply it, then we will make our ways prosperous and we will see success in our lives. For me to turn around and say I can live without it, I'm robbing myself. And when I start talking about those words, robbing myself, it brings me back to Malachi. When God says, will a man rob me? But the thought there is the same as the thought I'm trying to bring out today. We're not robbing God as in stealing from Him. We are stealing the potential that God has to pour blessing into our lives. We're robbing ourselves. We're taking from God the fact that He wants to pour into our lives. That He has so much to pour in. In fact, I think the last time I read, He said there's windows of heaven that can be poured open, that there's so much that you aren't going to be able to contain it all. I mean, God's got some great stuff. So when we choose to say, I don't need to pray, when we choose to say, I don't need church, when we choose to say, I just don't need the Word of God, I'm telling you right now, you are robbing yourself from the blessings that God has that he wants to pour in to your life blessings that are directly for you come on i thank god there's words in here for his church but there's words in here for you his bride come on now there's words specifically for you so we're not only robbing the church we're robbing ourselves directly of the blessings available to each one of us you know as i began to write down some thoughts on this message, I, I wrote this thought, if your feet are not doing too good right now, come on, if your life is not going in the way, if you're making those lousy decisions and you're just attitudes wrong and you just got that stinking thinking and, and just things aren't going around, you know, your feet, where you're at right now is just not too good and you're not living in wisdom, can I encourage you tonight? Get in the Word of God. Read the Word of of God. Get the word of God inside of you. Look what it says in Psalms 119 verse 130. It says these words, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance, that word entrance literally means opening. So therefore the opening or the reading, the application, what about this one? The opening of God's word. That's a good one, huh? can't read the Bible when it's closed. The entrance, the opening of God's word is going to give me light. But notice what it goes on to say. It gives also understanding or wisdom to the simple. I love the fact that that word simple is there. Because it doesn't say to the educated. It doesn't say to those who have got it all figured out. It says to the simple. And that word simple, I think, covers every base because it means none are without the help of God's word. You can look and say, well, I just don't understand and I don't know this and I don't know that. Can I tell you right now, as you begin to read God's word, the promise is he'll give understanding to you. A lot of the people who say to me, I don't understand God's word. You know why they don't understand it? Because they don't read it. They don't read it. You know what I like to do before I pray or before I read the Word of God? I like to pray and I say to God, give me understanding what I'm about to read. 
Ask the Lord to illuminate to you, to give understanding. Why do I know that? Because the Bible just tells us right there that when we open up and allow the entrance of the Word into our lives, He'll give understanding to the simplest one of every one of us. To even the simplest, God's Word, when opened, gives us a truth that will enable us to avoid making the wrong decisions over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Are you tired of making the wrong decisions over and over? Get the Word of God inside of you. Get the Word of God inside of you. You may look again and say, but Pastor Philip, how can reading a few verses a day really help me make the right decisions? Here's my answer to you. You're going to have to take that up with God. Because I'm just quoting to you directly from God's Word. And God's Word tells us that if we read it, if we get it inside of us, for the here and now, our feet, our pathway, that He'll give us wisdom and understanding and direction and hope for our lives. And I can tell you right now, God has never given me one reason to doubt Him. So therefore, if He's saying this, I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to believe Him. I believe in the importance of reading God's Word. I read the Word of God every day. You may say, well, you're a pastor. You need to. No, you're a child of God. You need to. In fact, if you read the Word of God, it would probably make my job a whole lot easier. Do I hear an amen? I wouldn't have half as many problems I have to deal with with people. Because if you read the Word of God, you would know what the answer is before you even came. Get the Word of God inside of you. You can say, well, I don't think it's going to help. I'm going to tell you this. You've got nothing to lose. Why not try it? Why not put it to the test? Because I know this, that God's Word is truth. Look at verse 11 of Psalms 119. It says, your Word have I hid in my heart. I've placed it. It's not like hidden, like it's a secret place. But it's that I've placed your word secure inside. That it's, it's, it's something of value and something of worth to me. Like if you've got a diamond or something, you don't leave it on the kitchen table for everyone. You put it in a safe place. It's that thought that we have put the word of God. That's a precious thing inside of us, keeping it safe right there inside of us. That we have hidden it for what reason? That we would not sin. Against God. That means that God, if I put your word in my heart, the way I live, the way I act, the way I speak, I'll no longer do it in a manner that is displeasing to you. But I'll rather do it in a way that is pleasing to you. I pray tonight you're beginning to see that reading your Bible stuff is really important. Come on, this reading your Bible stuff is just really important. Because it not only leads, directs, and gives us wisdom, producing success and prosperity, but reading the Word of God also reproves us. What does that mean? Corrects us. Sets us straight. Come on, say with me, corrects. How many need correcting sometimes? How many have ever felt that your life was going great and you opened up the Word of God and you suddenly realized you were way off base? You know, a lot of preachers and a lot of ministers today, they are teaching stuff that is so left field, that is ridiculous. 
But you know how many people are out there believing everything that they're saying and hanging on their words and being misled? For what reason? Because they're too lazy to research it for themselves. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Study what? Study men? No, study God's word. Study God's word. Look and see for yourself. You can blame anyone and everyone you want, but God says, hold on a second, I've written it down in black and white for you to see for yourself. See for yourself. I'm tired of people, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, I'm tired of people seeking fresh revelation and the fact of trying to find fresh things in between the lines. Come on, just read the lines. Just read the truth of God's Word, and you'll find fresh revelation because God will begin to reveal Himself to you in a new way. If you want fresh revelation, start reading the old revelation and watch as God touches your life. It reproves us. Look at Proverbs 6 verse 23. For the command is a lamp, and the law is a light. Reproof of instruction are the way of life. Just as important as the light is for our feet and our pathway, for our success and our prosperity, is also the instruction of God's word for reproof in every one of our lives. God's word guides us. God's word corrects us. God's word instructs us. God's word leads us. God's word teaches us. And I love this. God's word confirms to us. Many times that I've been praying for something and I've asked God to show me and confirm to me. And it will be just like out of the blue, I'll read a passage that I've perhaps read for years and years and perhaps know it off by heart. But something from that passage jumps out and there's an amen in my spirit and God says, I've confirmed it. You know what we like to do, Miss Emma? We like to ask God Bring someone along to confirm it to me. You know why? Because it doesn't take anything on our behalf to do. But why not, instead of waiting for someone else to confirm it to you, why not ask God to confirm it to you? Come on, why not ask God to confirm I would much rather have God confirm it to me than Patricia. No disrespects to Patricia, but she's flesh and she can get wrong. Come on, we can all be wrong. Pastor Pete can be wrong. I don't care who you are. We can all be wrong in the flesh, but God's never wrong. Allow him to confirm through his word. Confirm through his word the truth, the reproof, the guidance and leading. As I close tonight, I want to give you three points that I think we must be aware of when it comes to reading God's word. How can we get basically the most out of reading God's word? We're going to talk about these three points. The first one is our attitude. The second one is our appetite. And the third one is our aim. We're going to talk quickly about these three things. Our attitude. Point number one. When we're reading the word of God, what's our attitude? What is our attitude towards God's word? For most of us, our attitude is not good towards God's word. I don't need that. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Oh, that's boring. Don't like that. Don't like this. I'm going to say something right now. There's a lot of people out there that jump on different translations and said you shouldn't read this and you shouldn't read that and this is wrong and that is wrong. I understand that and there's a, there's, there is truth in what they say. I like the New King James Version. People have jumped all over me for that. There's a lot of great versions and translations out there. But here's my thought to every one of you. There can be translations out there that are perhaps not the most accurate. But I believe that as long as you are even reading the Word of God, 
that God can reveal himself to you through that. I've told you the greatest messages I've received is a kid's Bible. A kid's Bible, written in a kid's language. So, so we can get so super spiritual. And I understand that there are some that, you know, that they're not the greatest. I understand that, that they leave out things that are key principles in the Word of God. I understand that. But I'm telling you right now, don't get so religious and caught up with the fact that you have to read a certain type that you don't even read one at all. I like the New King James Version because basically all it does is takes out the thous and the thines and stuff like that and it makes it a little bit easier. The New American Standard Version is a great one. The New Living Translation is a great version. There's many out there that are good. But I'm telling you right now, we've got to watch our attitude to God's Word. We've got to watch our attitude towards God's Word. Because you see, when a baby cries and a baby's hungry, the first thing it tries to grab or it wants is its bottle. Why does it want its bottle? Because it knows it's that which is going to sustain it and give it life. What's our attitude when we get in trouble and troubles and things? What's the first thing we grab? Guarantee for most of us it's not the Word of God. Just like a baby grabs a bottle, as I said, for its nourishment physically, we need to grab God's Word for nourishment spiritually to our lives. It's amazing how many of us in our lives can have a wrong attitude towards God's Word. To say, I I, I don't really need it. I don't need to read God's Word every day. You know, I understand all these kind of things. But there's a saying out there, isn't there, that your attitude determines your altitude. The attitude you have determines how high you go. Well, if we're talking about the attitude towards God's word, I think all of a sudden there's a greater significance in what we're realizing right here. Because if our attitude is wrong, we're not going to go to the heights that God's word promises. They're available for each one of us. Got to have the right attitude towards God's word. A carefree, lackadaisical, wrong attitude towards God's word will never foster a desire for us to read it. I mean... Can I tell you the attitude that you have towards the Word of God is also can be seen, I think, in the way you treat your Bible? You may say, that's crazy. Wherever I go and wherever I travel, my Bible never gets thrown in a suitcase. Kelly can tell you this. There's a lot of things that my kids can mess with, but don't mess with my Bible. Now, the reason is with this one, this one's fallen to pieces, and I love this Bible. This is my preaching Bible. When I travel, I take another one with me. This is, I keep this nice and safe. So if you see this still on the pulpit on Wednesday after I've preached Sunday, don't worry, Pastor P's got more than one Bible, so don't worry about that, okay? But this is my preaching Bible. But there's something I always laugh with my uncle because his dog ate his Bible once. I love my dog, but if my dog ate my Bible, that's probably the last thing it would ever eat. But the attitude that we have, we can laugh about that. But do we just take it and throw it in the back of our car? Do we just throw it down and not care about it? Because I'm telling you something, there's a people die for this. People would die and have died to hold a Bible in their hands. But yet the attitude we have to God's word is really sad. Come on, how is our attitude towards God's word? By having the right attitude towards it. By realizing the necessity of it. You know what happens, Doug? It creates a desire inside of us. 
And that's the second point. The first thing is our attitude. The second thing is our appetite. Our appetite. How we should long for God's word. You see, if our attitude towards it is right, then we will long for it. How many of you have ever heard someone say, well, I'm just not getting much out of the Bible? I just don't get much out of God's Word. Have, any, have you ever heard anyone say that? Perhaps you've even said that yourself. I just not really, don't really get much out of the Bible. Here's my thought with that statement. If you're not getting much out of the Bible, is it because there's something wrong with the Bible? Or is it perhaps there's something wrong with you? Well, I'm just not getting much from the Bible. Last time I checked, the Bible's still the same. The Bible's still alive. In fact, Hebrews tells us that, that it's a two-edged sword, that it's alive, that it's living, that it's powerful. Come on, that it's going to accomplish that which it's sent to do. The Bible, the, the God's Word, it says this in the Bible, and it's incredible. It says, God's Word shall never return void. Why do you think when the devil came to Jesus, he didn't just throw out his words? What did he quote? He quoted the Word of God. Come on now, I'm speaking some truth to you. Why did he quote the Word of God? Because he knew the fact that God's Word would never return back void. We need to know the Word of God in our lives. We need to have an appetite for God's Word. When we turn around and say, well, I'm not getting much out of the Bible, we better stop and realize there's nothing wrong with the Bible. We better start reality check, checking our lives. Because a statement like that is a greater commentary On them and not God's word. Meaning what? There's a problem with the reader, not with the book. Psalms 19 verse verse 10 tells us that God's word is sweeter than honey. Sweeter than honey. There's a sweetness there. And by judging most of us, you would never know that. We would never know the importance or truth of God's word. I read this and listen to this. There are three types of Bible students. The first one is the nasty medicine type. Anyone remember the big spoon and the big bottle? Now they have it easy for kids, don't they? They have candy-coated Advils and and cherry flavored this and bubblegum flavored this and and just everything. I mean, now you can go to the pharmacist and any medication you get, they can mix a flavor in with it. I mean, it's it's great. We used to have to have all those, um, what were they, aspirins and stuff. But as soon as they hit your tongue, your mouth foamed. Oh, man, I hated stuff like that. I couldn't swallow pills when I was a kid. My mum had to crush them and put them in my mouth. And and, oh, it was miserable. And then the big cod liver oil or the castor oil and all that with the big... What's the deal? The biggest spoon in the drawer had to come out for that stuff. Come on, anyone remember that stuff? But you see, there's a lot of us who are nasty medicine Bible studiers. What do I mean by that? We know it's not nice. We don't really like it. We don't really care much for it, but we know it's good for that which ails us. So we suffer it. The second type of Bible studies or studiers are the shredded wheat type. Anyone know shredded wheat? What are we talking about? They know the Bible is nourishing them for them, but they know it's also dry. It's like eating a bale of straw or something like that. It's just like, 
Have you ever tried those rice cakes? I mean, that is, you might as well eat cardboard. Has anyone ever tried rice cakes? I mean, come on. But that's how some people look at the Word of God. It's just so dry and it's so bland and it's, they know it's nourishing, but oh man, come on, you're just chewing and chewing and chewing and just. So there's the nasty medicine, there's the shredded wheat, but then there's the strawberries and cream type. You know what I'm talking about? You just can't get enough of it. You just want it and you want more of it. Why is that? Because you have the right attitude towards God's word. You've developed a love for it and a desire for it, which now gives you an appetite where you want the word of God. If you're going to go into reading the Bible and say, oh, God, I'll read the word of God, you're probably not going to get anything out of it. Oh, we've got to. Pastor Philip said we have to read the word of God. No, Pastor Philip didn't say you have to. But I'm telling you what will happen if you choose to. But having the right attitude and the right appetite towards it is so, so important. What type of Bible study, I wonder, are you? The nasty medicine, the shredded wheat, or the strawberries and cream? What is your appetite? What is your attitude towards God's Word? A lot of people turn around and say, you know, I don't have time to read God's Word. Hmm. It doesn't take long to read God's Word. It takes about as long as it does to check your Facebook page. It takes about as long as it does to check your emails. It takes about as long as it takes to check your voicemail. It takes about as long as it takes to pour another cup of coffee. You get in the picture? We do have the time. We've just got the wrong attitude and the wrong appetite. And we need to ask God to change those in our lives. And the last thing we're going to talk about tonight is our aim. Our aim. When we do read the Word of God, I wonder what our goal is for reading it. I wonder how many of us have been guilty. And I'll put my hand up. I've been guilty of reading God's Word just to read it. Just to kind of get it over and done with and say, I read the Word of God. I don't know how many times, I, I, I just finished the Word of God again and I'm, I'm starting back in Matthew now instead of going back to Genesis. Um, a lot of the times I'll do that, I'll read it all the way through and then I'll go back and read the New Testament again and then go back. But I would say that just finishing the Bible just um, last week was probably about the 25th time that I've read the Bible through in its entirety. And I'm not saying that because I'm bragging about it, I'm not saying that, but it's just something that I've always had a love for. And I really think that you've got to realize, what is my aim for reading God's Word? Why am I doing it? Am I doing it just to say I've read it through? I think it's important to read it through. And I will say this, I think it's important that you have a structured way that you tackle the Word of God. Because anytime you pick up a book or a magazine, you don't start in the middle and go to the front and go to the back and then go back to the middle and go here, there and everywhere. The Word of God tells a story from beginning to end. And I think that you need to be very, watch how you do it. In fact, on our website, you may not know this, but on our website, I've written a daily devotion every day of the year, 366 days. We've even thrown in one there for the leap year. And on my daily devotions, there is a daily reading plan that will enable you to read the Bible in one year. If you can't follow online, I really encourage you, go to the Christian bookstores, go online, buy yourself a one-year Bible. 
Because every day you open it up and it gives you the scriptures. It gives you, I think, about two chapters from the New Testament, one from the Old or vice versa, and it gives you some of Psalms and some of Proverbs. So you're getting a taste of the Word of God every day. But in one year, you'll read it all the way through. I think it's really good to have those. But here's our aim. Here's the reason why we need to read the Word of God. Not from wrong attitude and wrong desire. But here's the aim of the Bible. Here's its purpose for our lives. And that is this, that we can grow. Why do I read the Word of God so I can grow? That's my aim. Come on, I've got to have the right attitude. Then it develops the right attitude. And then I understand, why do I do it? Because I need to grow. I need to grow. Jimmy Swaggart said this, a man who has written a commentary on the entirety of God's Word, and then after he'd written a commentary, he went back and said, I'm going to change this. And he wrote one commentary, I think, from Genesis to First Chronicles, and he went back and said, no, I'm going to write one on Genesis, I'm going to write one on Exodus, I'm going to do... I mean, but he said this word. He said, the more I study God's Word, the more I realize how little I know. And how much room there is still in me to grow. So the word of God is there to teach us how to live a healthy, sustaining life where we will see growth and development. Listen to this statement. You cannot grow unless you know. But unfortunately, you can know and not grow. Let me say that one more time. You cannot grow unless you know. What does the word of God say? You shall know the truth. truth and the truth you know shall set you free. Now I know the Bible doesn't say it quite like that. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's a process. It's changing you. But you shall know the truth and what happens? The truth you know is that which is making you free in your lives. So we cannot grow unless we know the truth. But you know what happens? We can know the truth but yet choose not to grow. Pretty sad. Pretty sad. That God's word is to teach us every day that we can grow, that we can grow, that we can grow. But what do we do? Oh, I know that. I know know that. Oh, that verse. Oh, yeah, I know that. How many people we've had come through this church who have said, you know what, I don't need to even come to church because I know more than the pastor. I know more than everyone. Can I tell you where their lives are right now? They're not going very far. Come on, I'm I'm telling you, they're not going very far. They're pretty shallow people because they're these know-it-alls. But you know what happens? They're stunting their own growth because they know it all, but they're not still prepared to grow. You know, I think some of the greatest things that you can learn in life, you can learn from a kid who may not know much. But just to see their tenacity and their attitude, there's something we can learn from. God help us if we think we've come to that place where we know it all. Because there'll be no growth in our life. And if there's no growth in our lives, then we're still the same. You are going backwards. Because anything that's living will continue to grow. You shall know the truth, but the truth requires application for our lives. The Bible wasn't written to satisfy our curiosity, but was rather written to help us to conform into Christ's image. The Bible wasn't written to make us smarter, but to make us more like the Savior. The Bible wasn't written just to fill our hearts with biblical facts, but it was written to transform our very lives. 
So what's your attitude? What's your appetite? What's the aim or the reason why you read God's Word? I know what God's Word can do for you. But are you willing to do in regards to it? I know what God's Word can do for you. But what are you willing to do in regards to God's Word? Let me finish where I started tonight. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, my right now. The decisions and the choices right now. But it's also illumination and light to my path. Giving me wisdom. As Joshua said, I've got to meditate on it. I need to have God's word. Why? Because it's going to make me prosper. And produce success in my life. I'm telling you right now. Read God's word. Read God's Word. Don't be like a lot of people and say, you know what, Pastor, you're right. I'm going to sit down and read the Bible for an hour every day. You're not going to do it. Come on, let's just be honest. You're not going to do it. Why not turn around and say, I'm going to read for five minutes a day. I'm going to read a chapter a day. I'm going to read a psalm a day. I, again, this is how I like to read the Word of God. I'll read three chapters wherever I'm at. So right now I'm in Matthew. So I'll read three chapters of Matthew every day. And then I'll read a psalm and a proverb, five chapters a day. Now, there's other times that I read when I'm studying and just different things, but that's my personal time with God. You only read five chapters and you're a pastor? Yeah. But you know what? I think there's so much that we can read in one chapter that can change our life. In fact, we can read a verse and it will change our lives if we have the right attitude, the right appetite, and the right aim in doing so. So a whole lot better to start slow and grow instead of go sprinting off And then a few hundred yards, you're wore out and you're winded and you don't want to go no more. Give yourselves targets or allow yourself bite sizes that you can bite and grab a hold of. Because I'm telling you, just like I've told you with prayer, if you give God five minutes of your time in prayer a day, five minutes won't be enough as you want seven and ten, fifteen and more. It's the same with God's Word. You read a couple of verses a day and there's going to be an appetite and a hunger as your attitude begins to change and you'll suddenly realize, I'm growing as I'm reading God's Word. Buy the CDs. Listen to it. I listen to it in my car a lot of times. The CDs, just God's Word. They've got some great dramatization, whatever you call it. Sounds like that medicine to make you sleep. That's drama. But they've got some great, you know, acted out, all music and all this. It's not just that guy anymore. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created. And you know, like, like driving down the street, falling asleep, you know. Now it's like, in the beginning, God created. No, but it's really cool stuff. And it's all, you know, different voices. The one I've got is Jesus off the Passion of the Christ. What's his name? John Caviezel, whatever his name. Is that his name? Jim? Jim Caviezel. He's Jesus on my Bible. It's incredible. So I hear him speaking to me. And then it's got Michael W. Smith. And it's got that guy who's got the real deep voice. And he's God. And you would know his name if I said it to you. What? I think it is him. That one that Mr. Huss said. That's him. And um, it's got so many, but you know, just, I'm telling you right now, get the word of God into your life. Well, Pastor Philip, I'm reading some great Christian books right now. Put down those books and pick up your Bible. 
Well, Pastor Philip, I'm listening to great preaching right now. Great, but put down and turn off those CDs and open up the Word of God. Because there is no substitute to the Word of God. It's just like deodorant. Thank God for it, but there's no substitute to soap and water. This is your soap and water. This is what's going to keep you clean. This is what's going to keep you fresh. And this is what's going to keep you on the right track. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Forevermore, Master.